0: Hi, Peter Balken here, and welcome to today's edition of The Transition Guy. Uh, joining me is Louis Bior, who is the CEO of One Horn Transportation.
1: Louis, thank it. you Hi. for coming in. Thanks for having me.
0: So, you bought your first business how long ago?
1: About 15 years ago now.
0: And what was that process like for you? it must have been quite nerve-wracking buying the first business.
1: Well, it was, it was nerve-wracking. It, it meant uh, quitting our corpor- corporate job because I did this with my wife. Um, and everything we own and everything we didn't own was on the line, and we had uh, little kids. Uh, But we were convinced that, you know, we had done everything corporate America, that we'd seen enough that we said, like, we're not doing this again. And so we just went for it. And, um, you know, once we make a decision, we move. And
0: And buying a business is probably one of the toughest things to do because actually knowing what to look for, understanding what you're buying. They don't teach you that anywhere, do they?
1: Well, I mean, we're, we're both MBAs, but they teach it to you at the billion-dollar level at the uh, public company, which is totally different than um, the mom-and-pop size. And so, uh, the, some, I mean, the math is the same, but the quality of the information that you can get is totally different.
0: And the reason I've kind of asked you today, because, I mean, you spent 15 years growing that business, and that's now a strong, stable, successful business. But you're back in the market for a new business, aren't you?
1: Yes. So we're yes. doing the
0: same process again. What are you doing differently this time round to what you did the first time around?
1: Um, I, a few things. First of all, we have the experience. So we have a much better idea of what the company we want to acquire, what it looks like. Not not so much the business it's in, but from a financial point of view.
0: So for someone that's tuning in, that hasn't been through that process, what would that look like to them?
1: Well, you know, for us, we're not looking to have outside investors. So uh, a every capital investment business, like trucking, like we were now, um, where are you going to get the capital? So what we're we're doing different this time is we're focusing on high-margin business where the receivable gets paid very quickly, would be great if it got paid before the expenses well, and there are some businesses like that but something that we can see very rapidly that the profits will cover the working capital and then it'll just be positive going forward so you're clear on the
0: different kind of business that you want going forward and you've learned that through your whole experience of running yeah. transportation and trucking yeah business. I mean you go through
1: 15 years of things you like and you don't like so if you're going to do it again you say well I don't want any of those I'd like this but not done not
0: Okay, so that's one. What else have you done differently? Uh,
1: well, I mean, the advantage of 15 years ends, it's, uh, you have the internet that's much better than it was, so we can do a uh, higher volume. Uh, what I find, though, is I feel like the quality of what's the, what the brokers are presenting has gone down. So you've got to sift through what they're presenting. But you can, we, last time we did about 50 c- companies that we checked out, and so far we're only uh, about 140
0: so how, do you think the quality has actually gone down in terms of the information, or do you think that perhaps, because you're going through much, much more, and because you're so much more aware now, you're looking at the data a lot differently to perhaps what you did 15 years ago?
1: Well, it's clear that we have some much more string, stringent criterias, and so uh, we spot the fakes quicker, and so then I guess, we have, because we spot them quicker, we have more time to go through them, Uh, But there's still some that takes more analysis to be able to uh, figure out if if it's real or wrong.
0: And through our conversations, one of the big challenges is that people assume that when they're going to buy a business and then they're going to go through a business broker,
1: so to speak,
0: that these people actually know what they're doing?
1: No, they don't. No,
0: I mean, there was one thing years ago.
1: There was a there was a company owned by Citibank, and you knew when you get the paperwork from them, it was high quality. I've not found found this yet. So a lot of people, a lot of brokers don't understand finance. They put these numbers d- together. They take it from the tax return. If you're lucky, they don't understand the difference between cash accounting and accrual, and they just don't know. And they pick up some numbers that make it look good, and. You know, most of them, if there are a few questions, you see through it, but some it's, it's deeper and you've got to keep digging.
0: And what's quite interesting is the unrealistic expectation entrepreneurs have around what their business is actually worth.
1: Yes. yes. I mean, a lot
0: of people confuse actual value in the business versus the sweat equity they've put in. Just because you work in a business 20 years, it doesn't mean that your 20 years, someone has to pay for that.
1: Yeah, yeah. There's there's no connection with that, and so a lot of people see what a company sells for on on the stock market, and they think, well, this sold for twenty times, so I'm this mine worth twenty times. And then you look at, so they made half a million dollars, but three hundred thousand is really they actually working in the business still. So there's really two hundred thousand dollars only of business left, and then you take the three or four multiple that's kind of average for this, and and they're like you know they're in shock at the difference what's the true value of the company
0: and through this process you've become even more attuned to what to look for because over the last sort of three or four months we've come across a number of charlatans stroke crooks haven't we yes. where they've just tried to go out there have their cash, eat their cash and there is literally businesses out there that are defaulting the IRS but when it comes to selling they want to sell it to you at the value not not taking into consideration the the sort of the dishonesty that's been going on.
1: Yeah, that's a big shock to a lot of sellers is that because they've always told, you know, you minimize your taxes, to some point it's legal but they don't understand that all this tax minimization reduces the income that shows on the tax return and your business will sell based on the tax return.
0: And you can't get funding against business that hasn't been declared?
1: No. I mean, because most of the funding in the, the market we're playing is financed by the, the government through the SBA program. And the government, wisely so, will not pay help on a business that was cheating on their taxes in the past. So what else have
0: you learned through this whole acquisition process?
1: Um, I mean, you've got to have a process. you got to know what you're looking for. You, and you can't fall in love with, it. it's not a car, I, although I always say don't fall in love with a car, but it, it's not a car, it's much more significant than that. And it, it, if it doesn't meet the criteria that you set in place, you, move, you get up and you walk away.
0: Now that's important because it doesn't meet the criteria. Most people that I come across that go and buy businesses, they don't have a criteria. They're normally running away from a, from a corporate life They've been made redundant, and they're just looking at a business where they can supplement their cash coming in. And it's basically an income generator.
1: Yeah, but a few businesses are truly already in, in the level that I'm looking at. They're fully running without the owner. Yeah. And so if you're taking out the owner, you've got to do whatever the owner was doing. And if you're looking at it as an income supplement and you haven't run a business, you haven't owned one, um, you're just asking for trouble. But
0: basically what you're doing is you're buying your job. Yeah. So you're supplementing one job that you left and you're buying a job that you now own.
1: And you now own and you own the problems and the the debt and the things that go wrong and everything. It's um, you know a lot lot of people and and we were in that case you know we had a job and then we owned the job but initially we owned the job but now the business runs itself and we we're not, we don't have a job anymore. But
0: just so that people know, how long did it take you to get to that point where the business run itself?
1: Well, we did it, my wife and I, she was able to get out, for, excuse the term, four years ago, and now I'm getting out this year.
0: So it's taking you, and this is the important bit, that an overnight success often takes 10 to 15 years.
1: Yeah.
0: It really does. So if you were to say, so people are looking at acquisitions all the time. If you were to give people three tips on how to get a good acquisition, bearing in mind that at this present moment in time you've looked at 140 businesses and we've probably got four or five that are truly
1: worth pursuing,
0: what would be the three tips you would give to
1: people when they're looking at buying a business? Well, first you've you got to know what, what you want. Uh, you got you, At the end of the day, if you're going to finance, if you're not going to finance it, you're just throwing money away, you can do, I guess, whatever you want. But once you're going to go to the bank, get some financing, you need to prove to the bank, and I used to think about this one. You need to prove to the bank that you can do the work. And I used to think that was the only criteria. But before that, you need to convince yourself and be serious about it, that you can actually do it. I mean, if, if you're going to get in an industry you know nothing about, you're adding a huge amount of risk. So when we bought the original company it was in trucking which was not sexy not exciting but I'd run a large trucking company and so in theory I knew what I was doing. I found out afterwards I didn't know that much but at least I had the fundamentals of running a trucking company. So it's gotta have something there. It doesn't have to be your passion because at the end of the day uh, if you want to make income out of it, you can't be running the business. You got to be you work on the business, but not in the business. So that's number one. What about number two? Um, well, then you got to have a financial criteria. You got to see what you're capable of affording, uh, and you got to keep room for things not going as rosy as whatever the seller is going to present. And once you have that criteria, how much you're willing to spend, how much you can afford, uh, you got to stay with within these limits you can't fall in love with these numbers because most of the numbers they're they're trying to put the most beautiful picture of their business so they're most likely not as good as what they're showing you.
0: We had that instance today where we We looked at one of the businesses and we anticipated originally maybe a quarter of a million we needed in sort of cash flow to keep it going working capital etc looking at it now it's probably more closer to a million so you really got to know your numbers and you got to know that you can afford the numbers and don't make a decision out of desperation i would say in that respect what would be your third
1: tip third tip uh, read read educate yourself uh talk to people you're not the only one who's ever done this uh seek advice get a coach um because You know, it used to be that you had to figure this out on your own, but, you know, there's all these things on the Internet, talk to people, it's been done before, Uh, it can be done right, and if it smells fishy, just find another deal.
0: And you actually surround yourself with good people, so you're you're part of the EO network, you've got a good peer group that you can lean on, that have already been there, done that journey, that you can just pick their
1: place. Yeah, I, that's one thing I'll often say. I used to run a hundred million dollar business for a Fortune 500 company, and they kind of gave me the keys. There you go, make your numbers. you don't know, make your numbers, you're out of work. Uh, and nobody ever coached me, helped me, and, and it's utterly idiotic. I mean, to go through life and trying to figure this out, everybody's, whatever problem you have, somebody's had it before. And, and, and sometimes somebody will make one comment and you're like, oh, you can do this? And, but if you're not surrounded by these people that you can just say, hey, I got this problem, then you won't, you won't get the answer.
0: Well, thank you, Louis. If anything we discussed today resonates with you, if you're really looking at acquisitions seriously, you've not done them before, and you really need to put together an acquisition framework, so that actually you can get the right business at the right price, Head over to balka.com and get in touch. And remember, failing to learn is learning to fail. And you do.
1: Thanks, Peter.